This, 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 this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The Sport Crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market, flavored or not. Can an omnipotent being create a rock too heavy for itself to lift? When did time begin? What came first, the chicken or the egg? There are many paradoxes that leave us scratching our heads, not the least of which is the lasagna paradox. Today we ask the question, at what point does one lasagna become two lasagnas? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. And I'm your host, Nicole Handizade. And today we're answering the question, when does one lasagna become two lasagnas? And you might be asking yourself the question, why would you talk about that? Let me explain. This is something that gets drug up on the internet every couple of years. It stems from a viral tweet in 2017 that states, if you put a lasagna on top of another lasagna, it's no longer two lasagnas. It's one giant lasagna. That is the power of lasagna. But I'm not so sure. This to me is called the lasagna paradox in my mind. When does one lasagna become two lasagnas exactly? Nicole, what do you think? I'm going to tell you when that happens. When you need a second pan, that's whenever it becomes two separate lasagnas. So you're saying that... Or lasagne. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing that we need to bring up. The plural of lasagna is not lasagnas. It is technically lasagne. But also, in actual Italian language, there's no such thing as a singular lasagna. It's always lasagna because there's multiple noodles. That is neither here nor there. But the Italian plural thing always comes up. I, I'm a little bit flummoxed about this. Right. Because to me, if you use two pans, but then you stack the other lasagna on top of the first lasagna and unsheath mm -hmm. it from the pan and slice mm -hmm. into it and plate it, that's still a single lasagna. I'm kind of of the mind that no matter how big a lasagna is, no matter how many pans are used, once they are stacked on top of each other or even laid side by side, I think that is still one large lasagna. I mean, this honestly gives me hives just thinking about it. Like, imagine going to a party and like you see a huge stacked lasagna like that. It would kind of it would kind of make me uncomfortable. Like, I feel like it would just be like a uh, it'd be dangerous, you know, topple over. It'd be a disaster. Like, if I come to a party and someone asks, and I bring two lasagnas, okay? I have one pan of lasagna in one hand, and I have another pan of lasagna in another hand. They're the same exact recipe. They're the same exact thing. And someone says, "How many lasagna did you?" Bring. I'm not gonna say I brought one lasagna. I brought two lasagna. And if someone, and if in a, in like a parallel universe, I'm like, let me put it on top of each other, which would never actually happen IRL. <laughs> like, it's still two lasagnas that just happen to be on top of one another. I, lo I love that you are approaching this, and this is very you. You're approaching this from like a practicality angle. Right? You're like, yeah, well, I'm a practical woman. Are, I'm a practical girl. You are practical. And that's why I think we really balance each other out. It's like, I'm thinking about this from like, you know, this weird philosophical perspective, right? Like, I'm like, this to me, you said it gives you hives. It, it gives me like death anxiety thinking about the lasagna <laughs> paradox. I'm just like, oh God, there, it, it could be a world in which there is just an infinite lasagna that exists forever, but that is still one lasagna in the same way that we are all on our own timelines. And when we die, we turn into stardust and all we do is be reabsorbed by the earth. <laughs> That's how I'm thinking about this. And you're just like, if I'm going to a party, I need to tell the host how much lasagna there is. <laughs> if you got two pans, 
I brought two lasagnas. You're welcome for bringing backups. <laughs> so people- yeah. I No, like, honestly, if... It, oh, also, Janice and Janet are invited to this party. Janice is bringing one lasagna. Janet's bringing the other lasagna. Do, 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 you, do you have, like, friends or cousins named Janice and Janet? I have no relatives named Janet or Janice. This is just something that popped up in my head, and we're just going to go with it. Hopefully this podcast extends <laughs> infinitely, like the infinite lasagna, like which is... Lasagna. Still one lasagna. It is not. I'm sorry. The dish, the dish you bake it in, is the determining factor. Like if I again, if I bake 17 lasagnas and I'm just like, let me put them on top of each other and put a skewer so it doesn't fall, it's still 17 damn lasagnas. Okay. They're just separate. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. What? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what if with the signature Trevor clap? <laughs> what if you had a pan? That is one seventeenth the size of another pan, right? So picture this pan one seventeenth. Why would I own that? Why would I own? Oh my god! You that? you've watched the stupid tiny food kitchen series on Taste Made where they you know tweeze her in a little hot dog into a little bun and then a freaking hamster eats it. Whatever they make tiny pans. Okay. Humor me. Humor me. You're going to a tiny person party and you have a pan that is one seventeenth <laughs> the size of another pan. Say you bake seventeen individual lasagnas inside the tiny pan and one large lasagna. You have the same volume of lasagnas. But then if you take out all 17 individual lasagnas and then reassemble them into the pan 17 times as big, you will have two identical plates of food. Remelt some cheese over the top if you want to. But you're saying that since they were cooked in the smaller pan, one of those pans contained 17 lasagnas and the other one only contains one lasagna, despite being okay. completely similar. We have to talk about the layers of lasagna. How many layers do you need to make a lasagna? I think if you have three distinct noodle layers, that's a lasagna. Do you agree with that statement? I, I agree with that. I believe that is the base, like, base minimum for lasagna hood. Oh, Ryan is saying five. <laughs> five? What? Ryan, you're crazy. Ain't nobody got time for that. Five. Ain't nobody got time to make a five-layer lasagna. Who am I, Ina Garten? <laughs> Ryan, Just Ryan, make, in my house in the Hamptons? Make your own damn lasagna. Me and Nicole, me and Nicole got stuff to do. We're making three layers you of lasagna, think, and it's fine. You think Jeez. anybody on planet Earth has the time to make a five-layer lasagna? Get the heck out of here. <laughs> you crazy, doesn't man. give a crap. Crazy person, five <laughs> layers of lasagna. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's just like this weird like image I have of like just an infinite stack of lasagna. Yeah, that's one lasagna, but that's if the pan that it was baked in creates that lasagna in whole. I think the addition of stacking bastardizes the lasagna because again, lasagna like has a very specific top. If I take like, you know, the beautiful crispy bubbly top on a lasagna, yes. stacking it on top of each other doesn't do it for me. That's just two lasagna stacked on top of each other. It's not one lasagna anymore because it's that deviation of that top bubbly crackly top. You know what I mean? That like, doesn't allow it to be one. It's not cohesive enough for it to be one. I, I, I find this a very compelling argument. And I don't know if I have anything <laughs> to refute it because I, I kind of I agree with you on this point of once you set the final layer of that lasagna, which is your third and final because we got stuff to do. We're busy people. We have, <laughs> we have jobs on top of the podcast. But yeah, once you set that layer of cheese and then you bake it off to me, once you've started that baking process, it is set as one lasagna, right? 
that I, I I do kind of think I do kind of believe that. And so if you were to stack another lasagna on top of that, because you have that differentiating layer of the crispy cheese, which set your intention of making one lasagna, once you top it with cheese and bake it, your intentions have been set that this is a singular lasagna. And if you were to stack another lasagna on top of that, I understand that when you cut through it, it might look similar. But that little layer of crispy cheese to me belies your intentionality to create two separate lasagnas. So I think I might agree with you on that. It's like, I really don't, there was this pizza place in LA that like everyone was going off on. They're like, Oh my God, Josh, you would love this place. You got to go. And which eat one? It. Which one? They're good. Which They're one? good people. Apollonia's Apollonia's in mid city. <gasps> oh my God. I want to go there so bad. Okay. 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 Are so you saying I won't, are you saying I'm not going to enjoy it? Cause you know, I well, love floofy crusts. I do too, but I, here's my problem with it. So I, I ate the pizza and as soon as I bit into it, it was this like floofy, large, puffy Detroit style crust, but all the cheese and sauce mm. came off. It like all slid off into my mouth. And I was like, that's really weird that this doesn't hold together. And then I found out what they do is they bake the dough separately and then top it after it's been baked with cheese and sauce and then bake it again. And to me, I'm like, well, that this isn't pizza. Like to me, the pizza. What is it? Bread? I don't know. It's like it's like a top focaccia. Because to me, like a pizza, mm-hmm. like the lasagna, that like you've set an intention of like you're putting the toppings on the raw dough and then you're putting that in. And there's like magic that happens inside of that when like, you know, the sauce kind of creates steam and the dough gets a little bit tender under it. To me, that's the same thing with yeah. the lasagna. Of, like you can't just cook all these separate noodly layers and then top them on top of each other and think you've created a lasagna. Like there are rules to it. But at the same time, it is pretty identical. Nicole, if you were served one pan of lasagna that had been stacked on top of another pan of lasagna, say it was even, you know, wrapped in foil and then like reheated in the oven a little bit, and you cut that thing open, you would have no idea that you're eating two separate lasagnas, right? No, I wouldn't. But if I'm the one setting the intention, then I would know. And I wouldn't feel right doing that to somebody. <laughs> Lying to them like that is not in my moral compass. I wouldn't I, notice, but I feel like I would have been duped by the cook. But I mean, and that's what I don't like. I don't like being duped. I don't like it. But this is, you know, this is Cypher talking about steak in the Matrix, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nicole, if we are living in a simulation right now, if we are living in the Matrix, it has no bearing on all of our feelings and emotions, whether or not it's a simulation or reality, because we don't know. Our emotions and feelings to us, our real, in the same way that the steak to cipher, bear with me, in the same way that that steak, Uh, even though the steak is just a series of binary code, it is still juicy in your mouth. It is still chewy. It is still hunk of animal flesh by your experience. So if you are eating that technically two lasagna pan and you don't know that it's been cooked like that, that's still one lasagna to you. So who gets to decide? Is it the cook or the eater? Whose perception is reality within the lasagna paradox? Oh God, we're all going to just die one day and then it goes to (laughs) nothingness. Nicole, what are we doing? I need a parent. You're talking about some weird metaphysical stuff that I clearly cannot wrap my head around. I saw the matrix for the first time, like a year, like four months ago. And I was like, whoa, I need to put my phone down for this movie, (laughs) which I never do. I always, I always like look at my phone as I'm watching a movie because I have undiagnosed ADHD. Thank you very much. And like, yeah, I guess, I guess it depends who's setting the intention and who gets to decide who sets the attention. I believe it's the chef. So it's a person making, it's a person making the code, the lasagna code. (laughs) So you're saying that like whoever has cooked the lasagna essentially gets to decide how many lasagna there are based on their intention. If so, if they used one pan, no matter what, 
it is in the cook's eyes how many lasagna. So if you were to ask a diner, like how many lasagnas are in that pan, they would be like, I have no idea. I must defer to the person who set the intention of that lasagna. I mean, you can just ask the cook in the back. <laughs> hey, yo. Like, hey, hey, man, what's up? How many lasagna did you make? Like, it's just a question. Okay. It's not that serious. <laughs> this is the most serious question. I am so fascinated with this question. because It's ridiculous. And this kind of speaks to another thing that I think is hilarious about, you know, the way people talk about food. Like, people use the term slice of pizza as a quantity, right? Like, oh my God, uh-huh. I ate four slices of pizza. I'm going to be feeling that tomorrow. But like, a slice of pizza can literally range you know, from anything to anything, depending on how big the pizza is. Like, what we should be doing is talking about the weight, total weight of that food. Josh, have you ever had Nagila pizza before? It's kosher pizza and pico Robinson. (laughs) Have you ever had it before? Okay, so literally they cut the pizza and it's literally the size of my pinky finger. It's crazy. Do you like that? Uh, Because I like a big old floppy Uh, slice. Like, I need, and I'm really particular about how my pizzas are cut. Well, this is, dude, it's like kosher pizza on Pecan Robertson. I'm I'm not expecting some Michelin star situation. But, like, yeah, (laughs) there's something nostalgic about eating a slice of pizza that's literally the width of your, like, pinky. I think it's really (laughs) cute. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so So you're saying that, so, like, if I have a lasagna and if I, if it's, like, three sheets and then I put another lasagna on top of it and it's six sheets and it's nine sheets in total it's still one lasagna i think so yeah what you're telling me i mean i would also ask the question of like what is the minimum definition of a lasagna because hear me out so we talked about the minimum amount of layers we both agree that you need at least three layers for it to become a lasagna two it's just kind of like a broken up stupid ravioli one little lasagna roll up those are fun but it's not a lasagna when you say like i made a lasagna to me, it has to be at least four large, big Mac Daddy portions of lasagna, right? Okay. At least four individual mm, proportions. No. Have you ever had a single person lasagna? You ever have a Stouffer's lasagna? <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. Shlops. I don't want to relive that. No, I mean, um, the Stouffer's totally family lasagna is great. I mm, grew up on that. Don't they have individual lasagnas? Don't they have individual, like, this is your personal lasagna? They do, but I wouldn't even call that a lasagna. It feels weird to oh me to call that a lasagna. I would call that like a portion of lasagna. Like a. Oh my God. Nicole, I mean, think about this. If you ate a slice of pizza, you wouldn't say like I ate a pizza, right? You ate a slice of pizza. To me, lasagna. Again, the intention, the atten- the intention is set of making a small personal lasagna. It is baked in one pan. It is served to you in that pan and you eat it. Oh, I have a point. Can I make a point? Hell, that might, uh, Nicole, the whole point of this ear. podcast is for you to make a point. <laughs> okay, so what if you have a lasagna? It's a beautiful tomato bolognese with bechamel, and then I made a vegetable pesto lasagna, and then I put it on top of it. Does that make it one lasagna? Oh. Huh? Ooh, Does it? That's tough, because like I said, with when we're talking about the like intentionality behind it, like if you put the mm-hmm. crispy cheese layer on top of one, you have set, you have defined the fact that that is one lasagna. Yes. But if you put it on top of another lasagna that is identical in, you know, character, you wouldn't notice the difference. Yes. However, yeah, if you're throwing a pesto lasagna, by the way, the best lasagnas I've had in my life have been lasagna verde. Yeah. yeah. Same. I love lasagna. Oh my verde God. AR Cucina, Akasha <laughs> Richmond. She made the best damn lasagna I've ever had in my life. I don't even know if they're still open. Really? That slap, dude, it was so good. But yeah, if you put like one of those on top of another one, God, how do you justify the fact that like it's just one big differentiated lasagna? Because you could, of course, create one lasagna with separate ingredients. So say you create a three layer lasagna 
that is mm-hmm. red sauce with bolognese and bechamel. But then before you mm-hmm. bake it, you keep just throwing layers on top of it and you add, you know, pesto and whatever else you're doing and then bake that. Is that one lasagna? That's one lasagna. Of course it's one lasagna. It is in one receptacle and it is being baked in that dish. It is one lasagna with two flavor profiles, no doubt about it. That's like saying, uh, that's like saying, sorry, I'm like really perplexed. It's like getting a pizza. It's like getting a pizza. I wish, I wish people could see my face right now because they're like, my eyes are bulging and I'm like hyperventilating. Like you get one pizza and it's half mushroom, half olive. Do I say I got, I just say I got one pizza. It's half mushroom, half olive. I didn't say I got half of a mushroom pizza and half of an olive pizza. I baked one pizza. I sliced it in halvesies. And then I put toppings on one side. I put another set of toppings on the other side. It is one pizza divided into two parts, but it is still cohesively one. Okay, hold up. Same with the pesto lasagna. Hold up, hold up. But what if you had... (laughs) <laughs> what if you had one pizza? Okay, because this is the thing I used to do. So Domino's, Pizza Hut, they all put out these like online coupons, right? That are like a normal pizza is $18 from Pizza Hut. But if you get three one-topping pizzas, you get them for $2 a piece. All their deals are like that. It's like so much cheaper if you do whatever their like three medium one-toppings are. So my family, we would, you know, want a three-topping pizza. Sausage, olives, and mushrooms is my go-to. But since it was mm-hmm. so cheap, we would get one pizza with olives, one pizza with sausage, one pizza with mushrooms, and then I would stack them on top of each other and eat it. Is that... You made a pizza lasagna, young man. That's what you just did. <laughs> I was making pizza lasagnas <laughs> as a young kid to satisfy the Domino's coupon ordering system, which, by the way, fantastic. All their deals are so great. My God, they all they, you throw on a Cinestix for like $2 extra at the end. Get a little two liter you're, of Diet Coke. You're speaking to a coupon queen. I was ra- born and raised on couponing and couponing alone. I'm not an extreme couponer. I'm not at that level, but I do save all of my CVS coupons. I save all of my online like pizza coupons too. So I totally feel you. But yeah, you made a lasagna, pizza lasagna. Look at you. Growth. <laughs> but what would be different about if you took a pizza that's half mushrooms and half olives and then folded it over on itself? Did you make a calzone? Yeah, you made a pizza calzone lasagna. A cal Okay, wait, hold on. Let's work this out. Let's pizza calzone lasagna. So we're going to go pi- uh, Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to sound this out. Pizzonza. Pizzonia. Pizzonia. Back when I was a kid when we went to the grocery store, we would exclusively buy things that were on sale and it didn't matter what sure. they were. It was literally anything. Like we would go to the frozen aisle and just like whatever had the little like manager special on it didn't matter the actual value. So I grew up like literally sampling the entire freezer aisle because all they do is just sam- like rotate out what things are on sale. Yeah. So I feel like I have this categorical knowledge of literally every like frozen <laughs> pizza, frozen lasagna, all that. I would tell you the best one is the Stouffer's Vegetarian because it has the creamy Alfredo sauce on it, and that stuff is 80% hydrogenated oil and Parmesan cheese, Mm. and that is freaking delicious. (laughs) Shut up, that's a good one. It's Sophia Franklin, and if you don't already know, listen up. My mini series is live now, each and every Monday, and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Uh, remember when like you would go shopping and your mom would like specifically get the uh, the like yellow stickers? What were they? The Yahoo stickers? Yeah. Yahoo? Like, yeah, the sales stickers that would literally on milk that would go bad in like 24 hours and you just like, get it, get it, it's good. <laughs> that was literally my life. Dude, people don't know if you go, if you go in any major grocery store and you go to the bathroom, right next to the bathroom, there is just like a wire rack that is filled with old yep. pastries that they sell for like yeah. a quarter price. And it's great. Yeah. Cinnamon rolls are at their best. People think they're at their best when they're fresh out of the oven. No, no, no. Cinnamon rolls are best when they've been sitting outside of a women's restroom for three days, getting all nice and crusty. That is how I enjoy yeah, cinnamon rolls. The bread over there, that's perfect for like French toast and bread pudding. Like those are the ideal breads. You know, the ones with the little spores on it? Perfect. <laughs> the mold. I mean, it's blue cheese is just mold. You can eat moldy bread. Nah, don't eat moldy bread. This is a disclaimer that is being said by Ryan in his head. He's telepathically telling me right now, please don't eat moldy bread. And don't. You're welcome, Ryan. Also, who uses the bathroom at a grocery store? Oh, I, uh, yeah, no, I use the bathroom at grocery stores a lot. And unsurprisingly, I, I'm one of those people that if I'm leaving the house for more than 45 minutes, I like need to know where the bathrooms are. Cause you've seen me. I drink so much caffeine throughout the day. I'm constantly, I drink like nine LaCroix, a couple Diet Cokes and 32 ounces of coffee. And so when the liquid's just running through you, you need to find a place to put it. And so for me, yeah, public libraries are always good. People don't know this, but 7-Eleven does not have bathrooms as corporate policy for the public. I did know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Starbucks are great. (laughs) All right, back to lasagna. So where did we leave off? We're talking about, I was talking about the size of lasagna being important to me. I understand that you may feel differently as in like, I don't feel an individual lasagna qualifies as a lasagna, right? Josh, size doesn't matter when it comes to lasagna. <laughs> oh yeah. You say that. Uh, no, size, <laughs> size absolutely does matter. And like, what is the tallest possible lasagna you think that you can make while it's still qualifying under the definitions of like a lasagna? Because I've had like hundred, hundred layer lasagnas. I was just about to bring that up. That's a really, really awesome tasty video. That's like an epic tasty video where this guy just makes a hundred layer lasagna and that works. You know, he's created a vessel in which he can make one complete total lasagna, correct? Yeah. And he just bakes it like that. Yeah. And I think if you can make the perfect baking dish that can fit X amount, the limit doesn't matter. The vessel doesn't matter. And like the layers don't matter. What matters is if it's baked in one. And that's the tell. If it's baked in one vessel, hmm. the layers don't matter. The size doesn't matter. Wait, but could you take... All I need is a minimum how many, of three layers. How many, how many bakes can the lasagna go through, though? Are you saying that like you have to boil the noodles and layer it, and then once you bake it, no matter what, it's set? Or You don't have to bake the noodles. You ever heard of uh, no-boil noodles, young man? <laughs> yeah, pa- Paris Hilton exclusively uses those in her lasagna. This yes, is, respect We the should queen. have had Paris Hilton on this because she created the most viral lasagna recipe video I've ever made where she just flamed her own food producer. It was just like, normally I don't boil the noodles. This is pretty stupid that I have to do it, but whatever. And she was like <laughs> carrying her dog with her. That was wild. What if you took like a leftover lasagna uh-huh. and then you freshly sauced and cheesed it? And then put another leftover lasagna on top of that and then baked it. Because to me, like you are creating an entirely new dish. Why would you that. do that? What is the point of How doing else do that? How do you eat leftover lasagna? I like, I freshly no, sauce some cheese. I, why would I put another lasagna on top of a lasagna? I don't know. You don't like to party? Of course I do. Old- that's <laughs> not my version of a party. That just, it's like a lasagna sandwich. That's weird. I don't understand the act of putting one lasagna on top of another lasagna. It's just excessive. Sorry. It is excessive. Not but here this to is, burst your bubble. But this is like the hypothetical because I'm, 
I'm torn on where I actually am landing on this because I get the idea that once you have put it in the oven, it becomes a lasagna. And then if you add anything on top of that, it is multiple lasagna at that point. But I still struggle with the fact that it would be imperceptible to any normal person that, you know, you have stacked two lasagnas on top of each other. I think it might still mm-hmm. be one lasagna, especially if you remelt cheese on top of it. Because I get this idea of like sealing nee. it. It's like, um, you know, getting baptized as a baby or circumcised or what? whatever the, what? you know. Well, no, hold on. Two like things I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a christening. Like it's, uh, you know, you're not a man until you're bar mitzvah. It's not a lasagna until it's crowned with cheese and baked. No, that's not true. You don't need to top it. I mean, I would like for people to top it with cheese, but like, it's not like it has to be. Okay, so say then you create a three-layered lasagna that is not mm-hmm. topped with cheese and crusted over, right? Because it'll still crust over, won't it? Because of the top noodle, well, or well, is wrap there it, no guarantee wrap it, that there's a top noodle? Wrap it in foil, then wrap it in foil so it steams. And I doesn't don't want crust over. to. That's but, not a good lasagna. Well, that's not the question. Is it not a good lasagna, or is it not a lasagna? <laughs> yes, it's still considered a lasagna. Okay, okay, okay. Bear with me. So you bake a three-layer lasagna that you have steamed and not gotten a crust on, mm. and you have baked two of those. And then you overturn one pan onto the other one. And imagine this, the noodles, there's no crusty cheese. There's no differentiating layer. This is sog noodle on sog noodle. And you put another pan on top of it. That's only, it's still a six layer lasagna. Like it's nothing that would be suspicious. Cause I understand from a diner's perspective, you see like this 30 layer massive lasagna. You're like, yo, that's more than one lasagna though. Someone there's, there's something afoot. But in this hypothetical scenario, this is a normal six layer lasagna, all of which have the identical textures throughout. And then, and then you top it with one layer of cheese and sauce and bake it. Are you saying simply for the fact that there were multiple pans involved that this six layer lasagna is in fact two lasagnas? You would walk into a party and go, no, you're not enjoying a lasagna. You're enjoying two lasagnas. You'd look crazy, Nicole. Janice and Janet, they'd be like, Nicole's crazy. Okay, I strongly believe... I strongly believe that cooking two separate lasagnas, regardless of crustiness or suppleness of the noodles, creates two separate lasagnas, and I will stand by that till the day I die. Sorry, buddy. Even though no one could possibly tell the difference, and it bears literally no differentiation to it cooked in one pan. (laughs) Josh, my problem is, who would do that? Who is out here doing that? (laughs) Okay, like, like, sure, hypothetically, yeah, okay, but who's doing that in the real world? Who the Frick is coming to a party and layering lasagna. Like, hey, look what I did! I made a really big lasagna. Like, no one is doing that. There's no one actually trying to like find trees in the woods that have fallen without anyone having heard them and recording this. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are you know what? (laughs) They're paradoxes. They're fun questions. You know what? I want our listeners to make the tallest lasagna humanly possible. I want them to tag us at Mythical Kitchen and hashtag Dreams Become Food because I want to see this happen. If you can make a tall lasagna, that will totally like debunk every. Everything I've said, I will swallow my words. Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Un, deux, trois. Opinions are like casseroles. One day we're going to actually record in the same room again. From Twitter, we got at Cameron Hold. This might not be a food opinion. But I think the only way to finish a cup of tea is to suck all the liquid out of the tea bag. Let's break this down. I'm not even focused on sucking the liquid out of the tea bag. I'm focused on the idea that this might not be a food opinion. I firmly believe 
that all drinks are food and not all food are drinks. Mm. I believe that drinks are food. I don't know food. about that one, Chief. I think that any... I think we need to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> I think that any... I just want to introduce this idea. I believe that anything you ingest that gives you nutrition... So, like, tea, you know, you get in herbs or whatever in there, that is nutrition. Anything you ingest that gives you nutrition is technically a food. Because, like, is chicken broth a food or a drink? Right? If you're drinking it out of a cup... Uh... I don't know, is soup a food or... We need to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, so first of all, I believe this is a food opinion because I feel like drink opinions are technically food opinions because all, mm-hmm. all drinks is food. That should have been the title of the podcast. I don't podcast. know if I agree with that. We're going to talk about it another time. But what do you feel about sucking out the liquid out of a tea bag? It's funny. I actually grew up drinking a lot of tea because my grandma is from South Africa, so she like thinks she's British. And so she'd be like, oh, just uh-huh. just it's a cup of tea. And then it'd be like, you know, some Lipton tea bag from 1974. Uh, but no, I I've never sucked the liquid out of the tea bag. I leave the tea bag in there for a long amount of time because I like to drink lukewarm tea because I have a very sensitive little mouth. And then I, <laughs> and then I just take my hands and I, I physically wring all the liquid out of the tea bag. Yeah. I've never put my, yeah. I've never directly put my mouth on a tea bag and sucked. Yeah, I haven't done that either. I don't go straight to the tea. I, uh, I wring it out just like you. I don't think you should do this in a public setting. No, yeah, keep, keep, keep it at home. No. Keep it at home. Keep it at home. Yeah, keep it at home. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Vishnui24 says, My brother's favorite sandwiches are with mayo on one side and jelly on the other. Um, <laughs> okay, no, just do butter and jelly. Mayo and jelly? I can't, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't. I love how we all, like, we always talk about how 90% of the comments we get are weird peanut butter opinions. This seems to be the first weird jelly opinion. And I'm into it. Shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, I have never tried a mayonnaise and jelly sandwich, but I'm literally down to my last piece of bread in my apartment, and I have <laughs> good quality red plum jelly and good quality mayonnaise, and I am about to do that for lunch because it sounds really good to me. The sweet, the salty, you got creamy, you got kind of syrupy. I'm into that. I love that. And I like mayonnaise over butter on bread. The egginess of the mayo would just kill it for me. I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I'm sorry. Only one way to find out. I Put can't. it in your mouth. Uh, you do it. You do it for us. Okay. <laughs> At Bean3194, ruffles sour cream and cheddar potato chips with leftover spaghetti sauce. This is the best way to use leftover sauce. I'm curious. They didn't specify. Are they heating up the sauce or leaving it ice cold? Hmm. There's no specification, but leftover implies that it's probably cold. Yeah. I would probably eat this, honestly. I would but too. what I would do is I would probably mix it with a little bit of cream cheese and make myself a little spaghetti dip. <laughs> And then, you know, go to town. I like that this is basically just like, uh, you know, a tasteless version of like chips and salsa, like just marinara sauce and ruffle sour cream and cheddar, which that said, sounds really good. I also love that, like mixing any sauce with cream cheese and especially baking it. That is responsible for like 90% of like Tasty's early recipe views. There's like a buffalo chicken oh, yeah. dip, party pizza dip, and they're just blending things with bricks of cream cheese and dipping chips in it. That said, really delicious. I <laughs> dip any chip in any sauce. It's going to be good. Yeah, most of the time. I agree with that. C-L-E-B-Y-U-L, because I don't know how to say that name. Klebiol, okay. Opinion casserole. Steak sauce is the best kind of sauce. It tastes good on all meat, except fish. IDK, why you'd put steak sauce on fish? You're the one who brought it up. We didn't bring it up. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think they're just saying any sort of like protein source is good with steak sauce. Um, I don't like steak sauce. I feel like it tastes like molasses-y ketchup with Worcestershire sauce, which is pretty much what steak sauce is. I just don't like it. I just like pure meaty meatness in my mouth. 
I don't need the extra sauce. You stuff, don't. So. You don't get down. Don't you don't you. get down with a one. Like like you get cheap steak Never, and just drench a one. Oh no, my dad does though, and that's why he has diverticulitis. I don't know. I I love a I love a one. Is such a nostalgic taste for me. Like I feel I'm I feel like I'm at the, the sizzler or the chilies enjoying a nice you know ten ninety nine sirloin. I genuinely love a one, and I think it's like a really interesting sauce because it's basically American fish sauce with the Worcestershire in it. It's literally like raisins and uh, fish sauce, and I love it. Uh, is HP sauce the same thing in, in the UK? Is that what it's called? HP sauce? Yeah, I think uh, HP brown sauce, I think it's called. There might be a steak uh-huh. sauce, I'm not sure. I think it's a little bit different, but they do have kind of similar, like, raisiny type of palette to it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Just Sorry. give me ketchup on the steak. I'll eat ketchup and steak, yeah. but I won't eat A1 and steak. I don't know. I think it's too, it's, it's too... MSGE for me to like too much. it like masks the meat for me yeah yeah that makes sense all right at TMSR rocks cottage cheese and rice pudding together make an amazing dessert or snack so there's a lot of different theories to wine pairings right Nicole mm-hmm. so a lot mm-hmm. of people think if you <laughs> if a lot of, a lot of people think that if you are drinking a wine that has say blackberry notes in it then you should pair it uh-huh. with say a blackberry gastrique or whatever the blackberries are going to play off each other blah 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 a lot of the times what Whoa. ends up happening is that the blackberries cancel each other out and you taste you yeah. don't taste the blackberries in either that's what i feel about cottage cheese and rice pudding because you're not going to be able to enjoy the texture of the rice by itself or the texture of the cottage cheese by itself. It's all going to kind of muddle together. Hmm. So I don't know that I'd like to mix them. I think this might be like a dietary thing. Like, you know, they're trying to enjoy their rice pudding, but they're also trying to cut like the fat and the sugar content mm. by enjoying mm-hmm. it with cottage cheese. That's kind of what I thought whenever the reason why they did this is like, oh, this is like a fit version of like pudding. You know, kind of how you eat brogurt all the time? <laughs> it's the same exact maybe, thing. Maybe we should explain brogurt. What I do for a dessert is I take Greek yogurt and I just ply it full of protein powder. And I insist <laughs> it tastes like pudding. But what it really tastes like is protein powder and yogurt because that's what it is. And I call it brogurt. Yes. This is like a like this is kind of like brogurt in oh. a weird way. In that sense, okay. I respect it. Okay, this is another drink one, but still a food opinion. Hey, underscore, um, underscore, it's underscore me. Water has a taste and not all water tastes the same. I agree. Listen, drinking Arrowhead water is uh, gross and I hate it. Drinking Dasani water is freaking disgusting. That's disgusting. Yeah, I hate this. It's disgusting. Um, I like uh, smart water. I like Fiji water, but I never drink Fiji water because like, who am I trying to impress? LA tap water, fine, I'll take it. Um, there's this one water that's from Hawaii that's like filtered through like coral reefs. That is like the best. I had it at a rich person's house and my life was forever changed. And then I went to their house and I took like seven water bottles. Yo, I love rich people water. Like you had a bottle rich of water is the best. Like a bottle of Voss. Like one of those glass yeah, Voss bottles. Oh my Voss. god, what a what a good looking bottle of water. Uh, no, water does have a taste. The one water that I can't stand is sparklets. I find it like incredibly bitter. Oh. I think Aquafina has the same taste as Sparklets, but I grew up drinking Arrowhead, so I love Arrowhead and I don't mind Dasani. But no, the taste of water is really fascinating to me because it all just comes from like very like micro mineral content. But you're right, it does taste like really different from other ones. There's a dude, uh, one of the Michelin star groups in LA, Patina, they have a freaking water mm-hmm. sommelier who will like actually pair waters with different things and run through water tastings and if i ever do that unironically then i know it's time for me to be put down uh a water som is a little much yeah but i do agree with this statement that water has different tastes hot sauce sommelier that's a job that i'd like to take that's a job you should do (laughs) 
I support you. All right, at Sky X Gray. I think, yeah, they write a lot of dirty fanfic about me. What up, Sky? At Sky X Gray. <laughs> Drinking Sprite through a Twizzler as a straw is the best movie night combo. I agree, except sub out Sprite for Coke Zero and sub out Twizzler for Red Vine, the superior licorice stick. Honestly, I've never had like I've never had a side by side of like a Twizzler and a Red Vine. So like whenever people talk about, it, I just use it interchangeably because like it's not that important <laughs> to me. But this sounds good. This sounds like dessert in a drink, and you bite the straw and you do a little sip sip, do a little bite bite. <laughs> Via Lobos says soup is not and can never be an entire meal. Anything that is. Uh, I don't know what that symbol is, Josh. Is that a less than? Greater than? I'm so sorry. Uh, Anything that is greater than 60% liquid is a side. I'm so sorry. I don't know symbols sometimes. You're fine. Your math teacher, Mr. Burger, failed you. It's Mr. Hamburger. Mr. Hamburger. Oh, my God. That sounds like a fake name. Food has been in my life forever. Food has always been a constant somehow, someway. Um, do I agree with this? Uh, you know, I've had soup as a whole meal. You ever had lentil soup? Delicious and filling. You ever had minestrone? Delicious and filling. Ever had French onion soup? Delicious and filling. This is not true. I'm sorry that you write fanfic about Josh, <laughs> but I don't agree with this. And your opinion is wrong. So, Nicole, what if you had a bowl of stew and then you took a cup of liquid and you added it to that stew? Does that then become a soup? No, that's a very different time. Uh, Josh, a, why would you do that? Because <laughs> I want, I've done that. I've intentionally watered down stews. Like, I'll oversalt a stew, my bad, and to save it, I'll just water it down and turn it into a soup. That's normal. Mm, that's weird, man. <laughs> eh, I don't know. You've that's seen me cooking odd. in the kitchen. I'm reckless with my salt levels. I literally just throw it in there. Sometimes you got to water down your stews and make them soup. <laughs> uh, no, I love, I love soups as an entire meal, especially a big old bowl of, like, Cambodian noodle soup. Oh, what a giant filling meal that's delicious yeah pho is soup it's a full meal ramen soup full meal get out of here at praise sharp burnt marshmallows that are black on the outside and white and gooey on the inside taste better than lightly toasted marshmallows when i toast a marshmallow i light it on fire i count a one a two a how do you do and i blow it out and then i put it in my mouth directly i agree with you i love burnt marshmallow flavor I love carcinogenic marshmallows <laughs> yes. so much more than perfectly golden marshmallows. My boyfriend loves perfectly golden marshmallows, and I just and I'm just like my stick is in the fire. And I'm just like yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, any anytime someone one, I must set a disclaimer to say that I trust science. <laughs> Two, anytime you hear like this causes cancer, it's become so easy to roll your eyes and just be like, oh, I know everything causes cancer. The carcinogens of charred food is like very real. I like read the actual study. Like I did a, a whole like uh, term paper on the aspartame study causing cancer in Diet Coke. And like, I don't believe uh-huh. those results whatsoever. They actually had to walk back the study. But the whole thing about like uh, charred food causing carcinogens, that's like a very real thing. And it's wild that, you know, we just do it because it tastes pretty damn good. Yes, I I agree. I mean, I haven't done the study, but I trust you. So, <laughs> yeah. Sapphic underscore fool. Baked mac and cheese isn't even that good. Bye. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I do sympathize with them because I used to have that opinion. And it just turns out I was eating the wrong baked mac and cheese. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, no, you just need to get a good baked mac and cheese in your life. I think there is room for both creamy stovetop mac and cheese and delicious, like dense, chewy, cheesy baked mac and cheese in your life. Hell yeah. But yeah, if you can very easily screw up baked mac and cheese. So I understand where you're coming from, but like you are dead wrong. Open up your horizons. Absolutely. At this guide, Frank's hot sauce can easily go on a PB and J. I am realizing 
Later in my life, Nicole, as my tastes and my palate and my wants become more clear. I don't <laughs> I don't want to mix spicy with sweet. I don't want it. Why? Really? I do. I just you I think it's I because like it. I you go to so many like fancy restaurants in LA and they don't have like full kind of pastry programs, right? Like fully devoted pastry chefs. And so they'll just be like, uh we took a chocolate cake and then we I don't know, here's a chipotle caramel on it. Or something like that. Like that was their one little trick to like, ooh, look at me, I'm doing a chefy thing. And so many times it's like, damn, this would be a good dessert. I don't want the burning in my mouth to exist right now. So Frank's hot sauce on a PB&J. I like hot sauce and peanut butter. But to me, a PB&J, like, that's one of my go-to desserts at home. Uh, and yeah. so I wouldn't personally hot sauce it, but I respect your right to do so. I wouldn't hot sauce it, but like if I had a if I had a uh, peanut butter and then I had a jelly that had a certain like twang to it, like if it was, if, like you said, a chipotle blackberry like preserve. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Yeah, I feel that. Tim Tim in the office gave me a strawberry habanero jelly, and that was really delicious. Shout out, oh Tim. Gosh. You're the real hero, buddy. We miss you, Tim, and your cool outfits, and your matching sneakers with your cool outfits. Oh, Tim always has the best vests. Well, <laughs> speaking of Tim, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog's a Sandwich. We've got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. we got new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share your pics of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. We'll see you next time. Mostly Tim. I'm talking to Tim. Tim, I'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.